0: Welcome to Burnside at Home. It's Sunday the 13th of March and you join us with the pre-record of our service which will take place on Sunday at 11am. Do remember you're very welcome to come and join with us any Sunday. Uh, We're still keeping our uh, mitigations for COVID-19 in place. Uh, We're having social distancing in the pews. Uh, You wear a mask as you come in and leave and also as you sing and uh, just one announcement this week, and that is that the bowling club is continuing on Thursday evening, half past seven. Everyone is very welcome to come along if you've never played bowls before and fancy giving it a try. Uh, Thursday evening at half past seven. That's going to take a, a break for a couple of weeks uh, and then be back again. So let's worship God together. We're in this series for Lent, and King David gives this word of testimony in Psalm 18. He says, He reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster. But the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. A wonderful word of testimony as to how the psalmist was lifted up and rescued by the Lord Almighty. So let's come before God in prayer together. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we come to you this day, We give you thanks that you are the Almighty, the one who is from everlasting to everlasting. And we thank you that you are the one who reaches down to us and picks us up out of the deep waters. We thank you, Lord, that you are the one who rescues. And Lord, that you are more powerful than our enemies. That you are too strong for anyone who would come against us we thank you, Lord, that you are our support in the day of disaster. And therefore, Lord, we worship you and we praise you today. Lord, as we come to you in prayer, we want to remember um, a Ukraine. And we pray once again for that land. Uh, we think of it, Lord, in the midst of this invasion from Russia. And we pray, Lord, for the Russian invaders that they would turn round and go back to Russia once again. We pray for Vladimir Putin, that he would decide, Lord, to to turn away from this war. And, Lord, if we might be so bold as to ask that just as you were able to save Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonian king, so, Lord, we pray for Putin, the Russian president, And ask, Lord, that you might bring him to salvation and that he might lead his people and seek peace in that land. Lord, remember also those who are ill at this time and pray that you would be near to them and help them. For, Lord, we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. With regards to Ukraine, the moderator uh, has launched an appeal for Ukraine and if you would like to give to that then you can do so uh, by uh, sending a donation uh, for Ber- to Burnside Church but mark it for Ukraine. And uh, that will go to the moderator's appeal and that appeal is going to be split between the Hungarian Reformed Church uh, which is providing humanitarian help uh, for refugees who have come across the borders and Hungarian uh, Reformed Church is one of our partner churches and then also uh, through Christian Aid and Tear Fund and they are able to work there with local partners uh, bringing aid and humanitarian help let's turn to God's Word and we're reading today from Exodus chapter 1 uh, verse 19 and then going through to verse 10 of chapter 2. We're continuing this series looking at at 40 different women, uh, unseen women of the Bible who have important roles to play. And today we are coming to Pharaoh's daughter and we're also making mention of the two uh, midwives uh, who uh, have been brought. So, what do you do with a world leader who dreams up a crazy plan to destroy a people? A people who were once allies and he now considers to be a threat, a people who are weak and small in comparison with a great nation, a people who pose no threat whatsoever. What do you need to defeat such a leader and regain freedom? We might come up with all sorts of intricate plans relying on the best military strategies that are available. But in our reading today, we'll discover that all that is needed is one individual, one person close to the leader who is willing to disobey and with that one act of disobedience exposes a weakness that can be exploited to bring down the whole regime. Who ever said that the Bible is old-fashioned and out of date? We may be coming to a story that is a few thousand years old, and yet it gives us hope as we look at global politics today. The world leader in question is a new pharaoh. He doesn't much like the Israelites. He doesn't know anything about Joseph and how he saved Egypt and enabled it to prosper during a worldwide famine. He decides that his best option is to stop the people growing. So he has a plan to kill all the newborn boys. But he's going to let the girls survive. And there are at least three women who combine efforts to destroy this plan. They don't know each other but God uses them. This week we're thinking about Shifra and Puah, the two midwives who were told by Pharaoh to kill all the male uh, Hebrew children as they were born. And we join the story as they explain to Pharaoh what has been happening and why they haven't been killing the children. And then we encounter Pharaoh's daughter who puts the next part of the plan into action. So let's hear God's word together. The midwives answered Pharaoh, Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. They are vigorous and give birth before the midwives arrive. So God was kind to the midwives and the people increased and became even more numerous. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. Then Pharaoh gave this order to all his people. Every Hebrew boy that is born you must throw into the Nile, but let every girl live. Now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, She got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this baby and nurse him for me and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. Amen. And we pray that God will bless this reading of his word. At the beginning of this last week, we have had International Women's Day, and we have been following our 40 woman for Lent. Today, we're going to think about the actions of three women, Shifra and Pua, set up the scenario. And then Pharaoh's daughter provides the opening into the Egyptian royal household. So let's look together at how this story impacts our salvation. Egypt has a mixed past in scripture. Sometimes it's seen as a place of safety, a place to run to in trouble and then find refuge there. At other times, it's dangerous and to be avoided at all costs. Joseph was sold by his brothers, if you remember, to the Ishmaelites and taken to Egypt and sold as a slave. He ended up in an Egyptian prison whenever Potiphar's wife falsely accused him. He was then elevated to Pharaoh's right hand. His brothers and eventually his father left their home to find refuge with him in Egypt. And now, many years later, the Hebrews are in danger as a new Pharaoh has come to power and who knows nothing of Joseph and decides to try and kill all the male children. Even in that little scenario there are positives and negatives to coming to Egypt. But then we can't help but think of our saviour when we read this story. Because when Jesus was born, Herod attempted to kill all the male children who had been born within the previous two years. And Mary and Joseph had to leave everything and escape Mary and Joseph, however, like Jacob and his sons before them, found refuge in Egypt. And they waited there with Jesus until the danger had passed. We read about it in Matthew 2. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. There's a hymn that we sometimes sing that that considers our attitude to Jesus uh, as a refugee. And uh, on Sunday, we're going to sing this hymn at the end of our service. When Jesus was a refugee from Herod's cruel tyranny, an exile in a foreign place, a child in need of saving grace, We wonder who it was God led to shelter him and give him bread. We wonder too, had we been there, would we have been as quick to share? And when we mention refugees today, we cannot help but think of Ukraine and the thousands and millions who have had to flee for safety. And we ask ourselves, we wonder too, had we been there, would we have been as quick to share? One of the most striking photographs I saw uh, this past week was a railway station in Poland. And these push chairs have been left there to be used by Ukrainian mothers as they flee with their children. Helping refugees is what we are to do in whatever way we can. Next thing we see from this story is the rescue from death. And again, we see huge parallels with our own redemption story. And these stories are so important because often they cause us to look at our own salvation from a fresh perspective. In this case, as we look at Moses and Pharaoh's daughter, we see how Jesus saves us and why we need to be saved. Picture the scene. There is a death threat against every male Hebrew child in captivity. Much like the death sentence that is on us because of our sin, we deserve to die. Therefore, for Moses to survive, he was placed in the basket in the Nile, the very place of death. Every other child that was put in that river died, but Moses was put there to live. There's no way of getting out of the river. He is helpless unless somebody comes along And rescues him. And that's a wonderful picture of our predicament. We are in sin and we are stuck in our sin. We are helpless to get out of our sin. No matter how hard we try, we cannot do anything to save ourselves. Pharaoh's daughter, or at least her maidservant, reached down into the water and lifted out the baby. She took him to safety and looked after him. And we read in Exodus 2, verse 5. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Jesus reaches down to us. We read at the beginning from Psalm 18, he reaches down into the water and lifts us out of certain death, out of the pit, as we saw in Psalm 40 last week, out of the lion's den as we have recently noticed in Daniel, out of sin as he took our sin to the cross. He then puts our feet on a rock, a firm place to stand. Moses is given a Hebrew nursemaid who is his mother and he is safe and secure. We rely on another to save us because we cannot do it ourselves. The final thing then that we see from this story is the most dangerous place. And again, we see more parallels with Jesus. For Moses to be able to rescue his people... He has to go to the most dangerous place. He has to go into Pharaoh's household. The very place where he should be in most danger. The place where the death sentence hangs over him. For Jesus to rescue us, he has to come to the most dangerous place. He has to leave the safety and the security and the perfection of heaven And he has to come into a sinful world. Moses entered that household as a tiny, vulnerable baby. And Jesus comes to earth, born as a baby laid in a manger. Moses grows up, getting to know the ways of the enemy firsthand, and lives here with his mother and father among the everyday sin of the people for 30 years before he begins his ministry. Imagine what it was like for Moses' mother to watch as he was lifted from the Nile wondering what was going to happen to him. But when she could hide him no longer she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. The sisters stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Mary Keithen, who um, wrote that hymn about Jesus being a refugee, also has written a hymn about mothers in the Bible who hand over their children. And uh, the song includes the story of Samuel, but it begins with the story of Moses. A mother lined a basket to keep her baby dry, then rocked him on a river lest he awake and cry. She let a princess name him, her son that he might live. God's people had a leader. She had such hope to give. Imagine what our heavenly father thought as he watched Jesus being born, and then fleeing to Egypt and being tempted by as Satan, all so that he could save his people from their sins. We have to make sure that we do not uh, take our salvation for granted. Shephra and Pua risked their lives in disobeying Pharaoh. Pharaoh's daughter risked her father's wrath by saving the baby Moses. But Jesus gave up his life to secure our forgiveness. As Paul tells us in Philippians, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. So let's bow before God in prayer. Heavenly Father, as we come to you this day, we give you thanks that you have sent a Saviour to redeem us, We recognise Lord that there's nothing we could do ourselves to save ourselves but we turn to you and we trust in you and we find help in you. So Lord help us this day we pray and be with us now. We thank you for this short time of worship and we pray Lord that you would speak to us and guide us. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all both now and forevermore. Amen.